Yes, indeed, powerful people. This is another episode of Breaking the Machine. I'm your host, Amad Deport, alongside my partner, Spank the Bank. What up, what up, though? And today we'll be taking another incremental step and in shifting the culture. Today we got a special episode. We actually not in the studio today. We actually in Social Club Detroit with the owner of Social Club Detroit, Shabazz Jackson, and the young savant, Cameron Tucker. Man, how y'all doing today, King? Right, man. Can't complain. Appreciate how you doing? Man, I'm doing man. good, man. It's an honor to have y'all in here, man. Um, powerful setup. I know me and Spank was talking before the cameras came on. Like, we just blessed to be in the shop. I know, um... Every time I came in here and got my hair cut, man, it's always a good vibe and a good energy in here. Every time I used to come in here, man, it just, like, give you that energy. I don't know what it is about it, but it's just, like, a good, a real wholesome energy in here. So, I appreciate um, that, man. I think it's just, like, trying to create an environment that inspires our community. You know what I mean? Uh, and mm. I think that's why I reached out to you. Like, I asked you to cut your hair. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And I think when we first got this started, that was the approach, like, just hitting people up that I was inspired by and asking them, can I cut their hair? And that's kind of like my goal in this space, in this, in this industry as a barber, um, just create inspiration. So I think like that's the vibe, that's the experience that, you know, you, you, you uh, felt in here and like getting you in here was adding to that. Mm. You know what I mean? You know, that's crazy. Cause that is something I wanted to talk to you about. Uh, we've been talking about on the podcast a lot lately about OGs extending their hands, you know what I'm saying? Because we feel like a lot of times it's like, man, you got to come see me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? When you make it to that level and it's like for a lot of the younger generation, it helps to have that hand extended because sometimes we don't, we're not taught how to go and seek help. Yeah. You know, so I think that's major. But um, I just want to uh, jump straight into it, man. Uh, you made the headlines recently, man, for doing something really powerful, basically just, you know, taking your own entrepreneurial endeavors and really just, you know, helping out your peoples by, you know, cutting hair at the school, man. Um, like what, what gave you the inspiration to even like start cutting hair at the school or was it something that like you needed motivation or was it like a second thought that you had to even give to it uh, I'd say it was more so like my family wise you know like seeing my family members walking around like looking like how they was looking mm. I was like yeah no we can't we can't be going out like this so now I called my uncle hit my uncle up and then got things rolling you know I was Still watching videos on how to do it, you know, buying new stuff, everything like that. And then I was in the car with my coach one time. We was going to a 707. And then we was talking about hairstyles and everything like that. And then my coach was like, oh, yeah, you need to cut this person hair because, you know, it just be looking wild. I'm like, all right, I bring him in Monday. Like, you yeah. know, it's cool like that. So we just was in the locker room, you know, because that's when actually cuts was free because, you know, I was still practicing on how to do it. Yeah. So I didn't charge nobody. It was cool, smooth, and then we just just took off from there for real. No, it's crazy. Cause, yeah. So you've been doing it for a while. You just yeah, finally got I've been doing this since uh, the beginning of the beginning of the summer. Mm. Okay. I mean, because that's how I used to do when I, well, because I, I don't cut hair professionally or nothing like that. It's just, uh, I, I started cutting hair a little bit. I used to cut my little brother's hair and then, you know, cut it for free and stuff like that just to, like, practice and get, you know, get my skills up a little bit. Um, but I also wanted to know, like, when you saw it make the headlines and all this stuff, like, how did you feel about that? Like, was it just like, did it kind of make you take a step back? Like, whoa, what, what's going on? Or was it kind of just like smooth? Like, okay, yeah, you know. I said a little bit, like, it was like a, like, because it happened so fast, you mm. know? Like, I didn't think it was going to be everywhere as fast as it did. I just wish, like, you know, they took like took a minute to let me take all of it in yeah. before they just pushed everything out. But other than that, it's cool. I'm happy I don't feel, like, I don't feel pressured by it, you know? I don't feel like I'm being forced to do it. That's good. Because it's something that I like to do, you know? So I feel like getting my name out there was actually a good thing. Mm -hmm. You know, now mm -hmm. people know me and know what I do. 
I be, you know, people been hitting me up asking for a cut and everything like that. I'm like, yeah, that's you know, it's cool. And your uncle was your your inspiration for starting the, the barber. Like, how did he kind of did he kind of coach you through the process, or did he kind of just like you know get you started a little bit, and then was just like, man, hit up YouTube and kind of sharpen your yeah, skills. Yeah, he started he started to do that, and then once I you know was able like you know starting to like learn new things, then he would show me how to do those new things. Like he was he been showing me lately how to cut straight hair. You know he been uh he looking into getting a dummy, like you know the little dummy with straight hairs for me to uh mm. practice cutting. Uh, people been hitting him up about trying to get me to you know getting me things and all types of care cat, uh, kits and stuff like that. So yeah, I feel like he's definitely an inspiration. You know, at first he was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna just show you." You know, you go because he didn't think I was actually go go this big. And then once I did, you know, he was like, "All right, so now we got to get you to you know learn how to cut other you know other people, you know things like that." I said he definitely helped me out though. He's, Will continue to help me up. Are you looking into barber school? Yep. Okay. Yeah. How old you got to be to get a barber license? Yeah. Eighteen. Eighteen. Yeah. Never knew that. Okay. Yeah, because I was finna ask that. I know. I know we touched on a little bit earlier, but like, what you know, kind of gave you that inspiration to even reach out, you know, to to bro and really just try to extend your hand. Yeah. So I didn't know about it at first, and uh, a homie hit me up from Fox, mm. who was a client here back in the day, and he's like, "Listen, man, we about to run this story." On this kid that um, got suspended from cutting hair in his school. And I didn't understand, like, how that even was possible. You know what I'm saying? Like, why is he getting suspended for, for, for cutting, you know, in school? And uh, when he told me the story, he's like, would you be interested in mentoring him? You know, or just coming on the story and telling, like, telling him your story and how you got started in high school and in the dorm rooms in college, so on and so forth. And uh, I'm like... You know, I'm not really interested in just doing a story for the sake of a story. Like, I'd be interested in talking to him and seeing if he wanted to actually, like, apprenticeship, you know, apprentice with us. Um, and uh, he agreed to that, and we did the story. But I think, for me, man, I was in a place a month ago, two months ago, I was just kind of stepping away from cutting hair a little bit. Wow. And, uh, you know, I've been doing it for 20 years. And now I'm focused on like really just helping other barbers get into positions of ownership, you know? We're about to grow the social club. And in order to do that, it's about people, you know what I mean? This is not like uh, just a brand or a product. Like you can't operate a barbershop without good people. So now it's not just about grooming clients, it's about grooming other people to be, you know, in, in a position of ownership, you know what I'm saying, or whatever position they want to be in. So... That's one side of it. It's like I was stepping away from cutting hair and trying to find how I could still make a contribution to this space. And I think, you know, you, you mentioned an OG kind of like reaching out their hands. And I think a lot of OGs are maybe unhappy a little bit, right? Mm. You've got all this success and it's still not fulfilling. Mm. And I found out for me, like the most fulfilling thing is giving. Like, that's what makes me happy, right? And I think gratitude and happiness is a practice, right? Gratitude and happiness are connected. Mm. I think gratitude is happiness, just like self-love is discipline, self-discipline. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, when I think about, like, looking at my career in this space, 20 years, going from cutting in my dorm rooms or cutting in the bathroom to cutting Jalen Rose, you know what I mean? Like, 
I have a lot to be grateful for, i.e. I have a lot to be happy about. And I think because, you know, I'm looking at that as the past and I can see the future, I've got to presently practice happiness. And I practice that by reaching out, mm. you know, and, and wanting to, like, extend a hand to Cam because it's like that's what, that's what practicing gratitude, that's what practicing happiness actually looks like. It's, it's, it's doing something. It's action. And it's like giving Cam my time, giving Cam all my relationships, giving Cam some of my knowledge, you know, and helping him along the way so that 20 years from now, when he's 20 years in the game, he can be further than I am because he has all the access I have now. Like, that's, I think, happiness in practice. And I think some OGs haven't figured that out yet. You know what I mean? Maybe because that, that they lacked the support they needed and they had to, like, really fight to get to the top. And they might think, like, that's what it takes. That, that's, that's how you got to get there, too. And I don't think that's true. I don't think Cam should have to go through everything that we went to to get to where we at. You know what I'm saying? I think he should have the support that he needs. I don't think he should be shunned by the school, you know, and, and, and I don't think his dream should be killed before it even gets started. So for me, it was like his story was inspiring, just like your story is inspiring, just like what y'all are doing is inspiring. And I wanted to, like, uh, share an inspiration and hopefully lend some inspiration through just showing gratitude. You know what I mean? It's almost like being able to go back in time, you know what I'm saying, to, like, where I started. Mm. He answered our question. Somebody finally answered it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Somebody finally answered our question, you know, yeah. about that. You know, the OGs, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, standing in the hand. Man, what was your upbringing? Just looking in here, it, yeah. I feel like this, this this tells me your upbringing a little bit. Mm. Just seeing the mic on the wall. Like, what, what was your upbringing? Um, so I was born in Flint, you know, mm. which is – Something that we share in common. Um, and I was raised uh, in Detroit on Joy Road in Granville and also Kalamazoo. Mm. So I think that's what you get here. You get like, uh, I think in Flint, man, learning how to play basketball, playing with cats like Brandon Bell and like, I, you really have to be skilled in mm. Flint. You know, I'll say I'll do something, do, do something recently with John Connor. I feel like, man, people in Flint, are just masters of whatever it is they pursue. You know what I mean? And I think I learned that in Flint. Um, and, I, and I also learned entrepreneurship in Flint. Like my mom uh, had mental health issues. Um, she suffered from paranoid schizophrenia. And so my brother and I didn't have a lot growing up in Flint. But we had a lot in Kalamazoo. And by a lot, I mean, like, we was a, it was a middle-class family. You know what I mean? But in Flint, my mom is probably the smartest person that I knew. You know what I mean? Like, she had this mental health issue, but that led to imagination. You know what I mean? She could see things that not a lot of people could see because her reality was different. You know what I mean? But because that reality was different, she couldn't manifest things in this realm. You know what I mean? Um, meaning like food, you know, blah, blah, blah. So we had to hustle. We had to learn how to hustle in order to buy food for ourselves. So I'll give you an example. We might find a dime on the ground and then go buy 10 pieces of penny candy and then sell those pieces of penny candy for 25 cents. And everybody's mom had 25 cents they can go grab and then buy that penny candy. So we sell 10 of those. We got 250. We can go buy two rally burgers. You know what I mean? Or we would get 
Tommy Hilfiger, let's call it, in Kalamazoo from my dad's side of the family. But because we would wear it a couple of times and I care about it because we didn't have food, we would sell it to our friends for like $20. When really, it's worth, you know, $75. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So just like learning how to create value for other people um, to make money to survive, that's what taught me entrepreneurship in Flint. And then I think in Detroit, you know, I was here maybe, and this is a long answer, uh, but I was here from like uh, first grade through maybe like fourth grade, then moved back to Flint, then moved to Kalamazoo, then moved back here to go to college. And I think, man, in Detroit, I really learned like community. Like I, I built a lot of friendships here. And I think even to this day, it's like in Detroit, it's funny when you meet somebody from Detroit out of town, they're like, what high school do you go to? They're trying to really size you up and see, like, what community do you belong to? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think I learned that, you know, in elementary. I think I, I, learned, I learned, like, community here in Detroit. Um, and, and, and just, like, really, you know, like, my brother and I became super close uh, here because we didn't have too many people. We weren't from here. We were from Flint, so we were a little bit outsiders. Um, and so, like, trying to build community here was, was difficult, but I also realized like how important it was. And I feel like in Detroit to build community is really about like making a contribution. I don't care if you're a celebrity, I don't care if you do whatever, are you making a contribution to the city? I feel like that's how you build community here. And then I think in Kalamazoo, man, it was just like safe. It was this safety net to, uh, just just test stuff and learn stuff and be a part of all different types of communities. Like I had white friends for the first time. I had, you know, other black friends. I learned like about different cultures, different religions, you know what I'm saying? And it's this small country town that's like suburbia and the hood. So it was like Flint and Detroit and like West Bloomfield together. You know what I mean? Um, so just learning how to engage with a number of different people. And I think that's what you get here. You get all sorts of people from every walk of life belonging to the same place. And I think that's what the social club is. It's like trying to build a community that welcomes everybody. That was a long answer. But no, was no it was answer. good. It was good. Was, and it's crazy because really it reminded me somewhat similar of my story because it's like Flint, Dearborn, Detroit. Mm-hmm. And Dearborn was kind of like the Muskegon. And it was kind of like, you know, real ducked out the way, real peaceful. And that's kind of like you can – you know, jog around the town now, yeah, yeah. but I feel like the the Flint that I experienced might have been a little bit different, just because it's like um, Detroit. It's a lot more stuff going on in Detroit. You know what I'm saying? People doing movies. You got podcast studios. You got all type of stuff going on. You got you know celebrities coming in and out for shows and stuff. But Flint is a little bit different. Obviously, you got people coming in. You know, the Whiting and stuff. And now the Capitol Theaters open back up. But uh, when I was growing up, it wasn't a lot of stuff going on. And it's kind of like um, I don't know. It, Detroit is more social. You know yeah, what I'm sure, saying? For yeah, it, it, yeah. It, it's, it's more social. You know, there's more networking going on, and it's crazy that you um, when you when you touch on the um, the mental health because that's a that's a deep thing, man. Because my brother has schizophrenia, my older brother, and he draw all the merch, the designs for all my merch. So it's exactly exactly what you're saying. It's like you know he can't move in certain areas, but like he's very creative. It's and a he can help power, me. Bro. You know what I'm saying? Like 
for you to put it like that, I'm like, dang, I never thought about it like that, but that's real. Like, he can't have a job in normal things, but, like, all the merch that I have for all my stuff, I just be like, hey, what do you see with this? And he can design 10 different designs. And I'm like, bro, you take my stuff to the next level because he on a different level of uh, creativity. Yeah. But I wanted to ask you, Cam, um, about uh, Sebastian reaching out to you. I know um, just how did you take it on your end? Because I know when, like, when the OGs reach out to me, um, like – it's your moment right now, right? right? You in your moment right now. Just like um, I take it like in my instance when uh, Royce Defy Nine reposted me on his page, and then a whole bunch of people reposted. That's when it was my moment, and that's when I kind of got like my spotlight in a way, and um, I was kind of ready for it because I was already in this lane. But you you said you've been doing this since the summer, so you was kind of already in your lane. So when it came, you was already like, yeah, this is already something I'm doing. I'm not just starting. I didn't. That wasn't my first haircut when right. I got the thing. I've already been in it. So um, how did you take it when bro reached out? Just like because I know a lot of people they don't reach out like that to us. You know what I'm saying? Especially yeah. where we from So like how did you take it Was you just like Man this is my moment It's time to go It was uh, We was actually doing the Fox uh, You know when they was in my house mm. Doing the interview and everything And then he said he was go You know hit Sebastian up about me I was like Wow like people are really Supporting me through this Yeah Cause at first you know I, you know, I was hearing people reposting it You know saying like It was cool But I was like I was feeling like y'all just kind of saying that a yeah. little bit, you know. And then once he actually reached out, and then you know I learned more about him, you know his story about who he was cutting and everything like that. I was like, big people are really supporting me through this. Yeah. And it, it just it was just like a learning experience from there, you know, him teaching me different things, things that I know now, you know, him trusting me, I trust him. You no, know, I feel like me following him, he's gonna take me somewhere big. You know, somewhere I didn't even dream that I could really go to. You know, we be talk, we've been talking about, uh, you know, getting big things at a young age. Like, we was talking about getting a car before I turned 18, mm. which I really feel like I could do, right. you know. And then following the path that he took, I for sure can. Like, you know, we could, we could make it up there. Man. Uh, you, um, <clears throat> my bad. You about to say something? Oh, no, go ahead. Uh, uh, so, now you playing football, right? Yeah. Now, is that something you still feel like you're going to do, like, later for, like, college or something? If you get, like, some offers? Yep. I feel like I could take uh, – don't keep doing football. You know, I love the sport. Mm -hmm. No, I can't really – you know, I can't stop no matter I feel what happens for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel, I feel like, Cam, it's important that we just take our time, bro. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I, I, I was happy to hear, and I asked you this before, that, like, all this attention is not adding pressure. Because I, I feel pressure. You know mm. what I mean? Mm. So it's powerful that, like, you're able to kind of take it um, lightly. You know what I'm saying? Because you shouldn't take it that serious. You know what I mean? You're 16 mm -hmm. years old. And I feel like if we take our time, like, I'm here. I'm, I'm locked in. You know what I mean? Long term. So it's like, and I know it's hard to hear that right now because you're only 16. Mm -hmm. And it's like eight years ago, you were eight. You know what I mean? Right. So it's tough to think that, like, we've been in this business 10 years. Because I think the younger you are, the longer time takes. Right? Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, it does. The, the, the older you are, things start to slow down because you have more context on time. But, like, if I said to you, it's going to take eight years for you to, like, achieve your life's goal. Everybody in this room, they'd be like, man, that's a short period of time. But for you, it might still feel like, man, that's long. I don't want, you know what I'm saying? I don't want to do that. That's 
too long. So I think like for, for, for us, what's important is that we just take our time and we, you know, we got that list of 10 things. Like, mm-hmm. let's just cross one thing off, however long it takes. You know, now it's important for us to have the timeline, like 18, by the time you're 18, you have a car. But like, I, I think it's just, let's not put pressure on ourselves mm-hmm. because you got all the time in the world. And I used to hate hearing that when I was your age. But all these colloquialisms, all these little sayings that we hear, they're true, bro. Like, anything you put your mind to, you can do it. Like, that's real. And you'll learn that, you know. But um, I, th- I think what's important is that we just take our time, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and this stuff is, is, is great. This stuff is a blessing. But it's not about these microphones. It's about the people that's in this room, you know what I mean? And the community that they've built. Like, that's what's important for you to tap in and stay locked in. With real people, you know what I mean. I think it's really important to have him in your corner because at 16, I wish somebody would have told me, you know, which he just told you, you know, it take time, be patient. Mm-hmm. I feel like if this situation would have happened my age, this situation would happen around my age, you know, got anxiety kicking in, the mental health, but like just to have a backbone like that, that's gonna really take you far. And I can see why having a mentor at a young age is so important because he's right, you know. Time is everything. Anything you think of can come true. I just feel like us growing up, it wasn't broken down to us in that sense. Right. You know what I'm saying? So y'all generation is, is really blessed in, in a way. You know what I'm saying? Y'all got a lot of influencers. Y'all can just follow the right people and you know, take y'all to the next step. I mean, when I, when I look at the system, it kind of feel like the, the youth is kind of crippled in a way. Like, I feel like if you're ready for like a position, I don't feel like why you can't have it. At this age, that's kind of how I feel. Like, you know, you got these young children opening up businesses and doing yeah. different things, but it's certain things that they can't do, like invest in stocks and all that. And I don't know the logistics of everything, but um, I kind of feel like when I was in uh, high school and when I was, you know, still in my mama house, it's kind of like that's the hardest thing because, like, I can't get it on my own. You know what I'm saying? I can't. Like, right. you know, even if I had the ambition to do it, even if I had the skill, if I had to drive, it's certain things blocking me from getting to that level. So I think that's why time is longer because it's just like, dang, man. And I'm still I think that I can't even move how I want to move you know what I'm saying if right. I had a business meeting across town I can't even get across town like it's so many things stopping me from I mean now you can level. do virtual it's true across town I don't feel like they're really crippled they got it's more doors open around their age now like okay they can't invest in stock but like you don't need to be thinking about stocks right now you need to worry about mastering your skill so I mean that's how I look at but it. But it is young kids investing in stock. It though. is though. Like, yeah, like, yeah. You got kid, you got kids investing through their parents. You know what it I mean? It is. Yeah, yeah. And me knowing your mom, I ain't met your pop shit. But like, you know, your mom supports you. Mm-hmm. You could invest in stock. You have to learn the game. But and that's what I'm saying. I feel like everybody that I've met through this craft, I'm learning. Everybody not for me. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like all how do you relationships. Pick that? What's that? How do you know that though? Like. Because I, I, I can't add value to them necessarily, and they can't mm. add value to me. And what I'm, like, my vision and my goal, I just happen to know this person. So I'm becoming the plug where it's like, oh, I, I can't create value for this person, or I can't, you know, I'm not interested in this area, but I know a young kid that does like to produce music. You feel what I'm saying? I like to listen to it, mm. but Cam wants to produce. So maybe Che Pope is for him, mm. not me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, you mean one degree of separation? You got Royce. You know what I'm saying? So it's yeah. like as you master your skill, the same way you master in barbering, as you master production. You know what I mean? Like that's a relationship. And I think then now you got more mentors. So it's just like 
for me, I'm learning like it's, it's not all for me. I have to use my gift to continue to build relationships, but I also have to be a point guard and, and use that experience in my life to like make the proper pass to empower my teammates. You know what I'm saying? Was there anything else you wanted to do? Like besides like barber, like you know, I know like when you really get in your skill, you probably want to dip and dab. Anything else you dip and dab into? I, I, I try some things, real estate stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I, I think you know I've been doing it since 15 years old, so mm-hmm. 20 years now, and it's like it was hard. It was hard as hell for me to like you know step away. Like mm-hmm. I don't even cut Jalen anymore. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's my guy. That's one of the best cuts. You yeah. know, in the country, like in black culture, that's the best cut. Yeah. Um, and I had the opportunity to, you know, cut this guy's hair, you know, and I think like stepping away to focus on growing the brand, stepping away to, to make sure we can impact the industry. It was a tough decision, you know, but now nah, I mean, for, for a long time, it's nothing else that I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm realizing now, like cutting hair was a conduit for who I really am. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It was just a gateway for me to engage with people, but like uh, I'm really about impact, you know. And like, how can I? I'm trying to figure out now how can I do that without Clippers, but uh, but also still with the shop. Mm-hmm. Are you, try, you trying to make franchises? Yeah, I mean, you can call it franchise, but really, it's just joint ventures with with mm-hmm. other inspiring barbers. You know what I mean? We 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 raise the capital, we got the bread. If you want to open a shop, we had the money to do it. You know, we and we had an operation, you know, operations manual. To, to do it the right way. So it's like helping somebody your way. business for themselves, but not by themselves. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Well, when we first started this podcast, like, you couldn't tell me we wasn't going to be, like, the biggest in the world in three months. Like, yeah. I, I'm going to have to do this for a year, and we still going to be, you know what I'm saying? But um, I just think, man, when you're doing stuff and you're taking your time, it's like a year from then, you got so much different things in your arsenal, so many different, you know, achievements and different things, and it's just like, nah, I'm not the same as I was you know, at the start of the year, man. So, you know, if, 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 if you know, he said it take eight years, bro, man, you're going to have so much, you know what I'm saying, in man, those eight years. Power. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you in the eight years, you're going to have a whole bunch of stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you might just be reaching your goal, but you're going to be achieving so much because that's kind of how I feel like it was with this podcast. It's like, yeah, it's a year from now. Yeah, we started a year ago, and uh, we not the biggest in the world, but we have so much more things that now than we did, you know, back in, in January when we started. More connections, like, stuff is easier. We know how everything works, the ins and the outs. So, man, it's just like, bro, time is it, always going to bring that. It's, the things is always going to bring that. And I think it's just like appreciating the time that you're in, appreciating this time because – that's difficult, bro. Like, that's really difficult, man. Like, I say that now because it's just like, man, me and Spank, we make small achievements with the podcast, like getting the guest on and we be, you know, hype and stuff. And it'd be hard to appreciate it because we want to get this person on. Right. So when we get this person on, it's just like, nah, we still waiting on Like, yeah, you got to appreciate everybody that you get on. You got to appreciate. Well, I think the, the difficult part is it's not, it's not getting the, the bread from the situation. Yeah. You feel me? Because, like. Yeah. We come from a background, a struggling background. Mm-hmm. That's what makes it really difficult because you want to yeah, help everybody, like your mom, your dad. You know what I'm saying? You want to feed everybody, bro. That's what brings the to me the, the struggle. Like that's why I said you happy you got a mentor. Like, bro, that's that's like big because if we had somebody to grab our hands, because I feel like it's nothing wrong. Sometimes OGs be like ain't nobody trying to grab your hand, but why not? Mm-hmm. You feel me? It's nothing wrong for somebody to grab your hand and help you bring you up. You feel me? So like. That's why it's hard for us. 
That's how, well, I, I could be wrong. You feel me? That's how no, I feel in talk. my mind. No, you know what I'm saying? Talk. Just because I know how he feel. I know how I feel. We just want to feed everybody we can. I got nine brothers and sisters, bro. You feel me? I want to feed everybody in my house with this. So, but just keep doing it, bro. Time is powerful. Time is it's precious too. At the same time, it's beautiful, bro. Especially when you see that drive, man. If you see somebody got a drive, it's just like, man, he gonna get it regardless. Man, right. he just need a hand. Like, ain't nobody giving nobody nothing. He gonna right. get it regardless. Right. But he just need that hand. He get get there so you know so much faster if he just get that hand, man. And that's all. That's all you need. Cause I know I put in the work. I know you put in the work. Mm-hmm. It's like we ain't looking for no hand out. But we, we don't mind You know what I'm saying mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying yeah. A lot of people think you just Just want a hand out No nigga Help me get where I'm trying to go yeah. You feel mm-hmm. me That's all You know I ain't mean to say it like that But it just It just be like that Not because you see That's a A black mentality Go back to what you were saying About OG's probably not happy They mm-hmm. just don't see What you gotta do And that's, and that's true Cause you Probably come from a background Where we came from You got to get it out the mud And that mm-hmm. shit is Trauma mm-hmm. To have that type of mentality So but like You in a good position man For real right. Like OG's don't like to look at Mm. The full story They just really look at the outcome Like what happened at the uh, at the school They was all looking at it like Like you know People that didn't support Was looking at it Oh well He bringing razors in the building And stuff like But you don't know the reason Why I did it though mm. Like you just looked at The negative in it You didn't see the positive You didn't even read the full story You just, just assumed that I'm some type of bad kid And I do this Every other day like y'all, like nobody's seen the Instagram post. I literally said first cut free. I'm trying to help people in the school, you know, who can't afford a cut. You know what I'm mm. talking about? Yeah, so cuts expensive, right? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <Facts>. <laughs> so they just looking at the negative, and I'm just sitting there like, I don't even got to say nothing to you because the people that support me go get on you. So I don't even gotta, you know, I don't even gotta, you know, like you're not even worth my time at this point because you're not reading the full story. To me now, as the older I get, negativity feel good when somebody be negative about me. I just feel off the energy. I mean, you on a football field, so you about to get it more. <laughs> right. Especially when you go to a big school, you know what I'm saying? You play a rivalry, they're going to be negative about you, or you drop the pass, they're going to be on you. Shoot, man, let that jump feel you. Because that's all it is, it's just fuel. It's fire. That's how I look at it. Right. But, but your peoples understood it. Like, yeah, you know, your yeah. friends and stuff, they understood yeah. it. Your peoples, they understood it. I mean, because I was saying, like, you know, back when we was playing basketball at my high school, my coach used to cut our hair before in the games. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Because, you know, he used to cut hair and stuff. So, I think, bro, a lot for a lot of people, that stuff is foreign. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Cutting, But for a lot of us, it's like, bro, that's what we do, right, man. We look the, out for right. our people, man. So, it's not, it's, it's nothing crazy. You know what I'm saying? But um, I think that was just powerful for you to be able to receive it that way and for you to be able to be in your moment, bro. Because everybody get their moment, man. And a lot of people ain't ready. I hear a lot of people say that, like, bro, people go Viral people do this And they just don't even be Like honing their skills So when right. they go viral It just they, they they moment pass them by But for you Wasn't really in your moment And you were able to Really just move And, and do what you had to do Did you to cut get to like next play? <laughs> <laughs> no because I no. feel like I feel like I don't know Cause that's the question for Do you cut like you play? Uh, I'd say I do You know uh-huh. Not an expert at it But mm-hmm. you know Better than the beginning mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like cutting is an expression. It's an expression of who you are. It is. Am I wrong? Yeah, I think, I, that's, like I think that's right. It's definitely art. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's what I say. It's, it's, uh, it's art and science, you know, but I, I think it's more art. I think the conversation can be science. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, because you, 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 you're creating an environment where men feel safe, and it's very few places where men can feel safe and engage with, you know what I'm saying, the homie that's, that's cutting their hair. But I feel like I feel like going back to uh, the OG conversation for a second. I feel like what you experienced was 
you know, an institution trying to protect its own interests. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, the school, I, I read a little further into it, and they're like, well, if Cam cut somebody skin or did something, you know what I mean? Then the school feels like it's liable for that. I feel like if we translate that into why OGs don't reach out, it's, again, that institution trying to protect its own interests. It's somebody that's at the top or that's perceived to be at the top. And maybe for them, they have a vision that's up here and they're here. So we perceive them to be at the top, but they want to go further. And they see you as a threat, you know what I'm saying, to them getting there. And I think that's why a lot of people don't reach out. You know what I mean? And how can they, I don't know how can you see someone as a threat, though, if you so... I mean, Jay-Z said it. He said, man, there's somebody right now beating on their kitchen table yeah. rapping. Yeah. And they coming from my spot. Yeah. He said, yeah, I'm going to find them and I'm going to sign them. He ain't want no problems. Mm-hmm. So, so you look at Kanye and Cuddy. You yeah. look at Kanye and Travis. Yeah. You look at all these guys. What they do is they find young talent and instead of like trying to really put them on, they're trying to take from them. You know what I'm saying? I get my happiness from giving. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it's like some of my peers that I try to give to, they're looking at me like, nigga, like, we the same age, we peers. Why, who, who are you, you know what I'm saying? Are you, are you younger than me? Like, you have no game to give me. You know what I mean? Ahmad got game to give me. Shit, he got game to give me. So it's like, I think it's give and take. I think mentorship is not just about the OG creating value for, you know, the apprentice. I think the best mentorship is like, how can I spend time with this person and we exchange value to each other? And that's why I thought this was fire because it's like I can sit down, get a 30-minute cut, and part some game, drive back to the crib. You know what I'm saying? I can, like, walk him through certain cuts while he's cutting my hair. I'm putting my money where my mouth is. Like, he might fuck some of my haircuts up. I can fix it. Right. Or I right. can, like, like, explain this is what it is. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and I think, like, the, the, the time that it takes, you know, um, to do what we're trying to do is not the, just this viral moment. So to mm. your point about like this going viral to an extent, like what makes me nervous is do we have the endurance, you know what I'm saying, mm. to really take it to where it needs to be. And that mm. is infrastructure. That's like you got to have a real skill set to, to, to go where you need to go. Because really this virality is about your vibration. Like you have something yes. in you that's there right. and it's going to continue to be there that's not going anywhere so now you got to build on top of it you know what i'm saying um and you got to extract it out and i think that comes with real skill sets and i think my job you know as a mentor is to help you discover what that is it might not be barbering but i got access in other places outside of cutting hair you feel what i'm saying mm-hmm. and we talked about this before so it's like my job is, is, is just to find that and help you see it. And, I, and, I, and, and the part I'm nervous about is, again, do we have the patience to discover that? You know what I'm saying? I got to be able to build enough trust um, to where you follow my lead. You know what I mean? And I, and I got to have enough trust for you to, like, really dive in and understand what you're saying. And you shouldn't listen to everything I say, by the way. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, like, cause you had your own, you had your own mind, you had your own experiences in life, and I think some of the mentors or friend tours that I've encountered, they just want to talk and you listen. 
Right. It's like, bro, you don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Man. 70, bro. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. You got you, you you got experience, but it's a different time. So like I'm a I'm not gonna see everything you see, but the but if we can build that trust, it's not gonna matter. You see what I'm saying? And, and it's crazy that you said because that's that's powerful, man. And um, I've experienced that. You know what I'm saying? Just like, bro, you you, you got to give people time to grow. I especially I think that's you know that's something real with coaches, bro. Coaches yeah, too, yeah, man. Just like right. your coach, who he really look out for you as long as you playing ball. But it's just like, man, what if I don't want to play ball no more? You right. still my coach. Right. You, you know what I'm saying? You still right. love me if I don't. And I think that's the biggest thing, bro. Like people evolve and people change, man. People don't want to do the same things, man. And it's just like I feel like a real OG, a real mentor is just somebody who like, bro, I'm invested in you as a person. Period. But you just right. gotta stay down and wait that process out because I think that's the hardest thing. Like people be saying, like, bro, the hard, one of the hardest things is to not know if you're gonna make it out. Mm-hmm. I think it's really it's hard to know you gonna make it out, but not know when. Like right, 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 I didn't right, have right. people tell me my old oh, bro, you destined for this, you destined for that. Like, but it's just like that, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. bro, how, how do you long really is it know gonna that? take though, bro? Like how long <laughs> is it gonna take? I'm trying to feed my family. I feel bro. I feel like niggas be hating when they say that. Mm. That's, I feel like that when they be like, you, you destined for this, you gonna make it out. I ain't gonna say they hating or they just leeching on you. I don't know. I could be wrong. You feel, you feel like it's passive aggressive type. Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like you really. I don't know. Some people mean it, some people don't. I got you. You know what I'm saying? I just feel like you gotta watch who really says it. Yeah. I, I mean, we, we we had a conversation. It's like, man, if you some, I mean, it's hard to perceive. You know what I'm saying? That mm-hmm. old because like if you know you know I can make it out. Like why can't you really lend your hand? Because like some people all they lend is advice. And then other people, they really get in there and they really help you out and they really move and they network and they open, they, you know, they portal up to you, man. But um, I think the biggest thing is just like waiting on your moment, man. It's, it's powerful that you said like, I know we're going to get there. Can we wait, though? Yeah. Can right. we wait? Because that's my thing, bro. Like, my mentor told me that because I, that's kind of wrong. I know where I messed up at just hearing what you said. I did. I wasn't patient. Yeah, I just want it now, and I, bro. But I think, you know, some of these mentors maybe don't, don't got it. You know what I mean? We, we, we see... You know, I, I've had people that I thought could get man. me over the hump. Man. And they played a role like they can get you over the hump. Man. When you really start asking for that help, <sighs> you might feel like they don't want to help you, but really it's they can't help you. You feel mm. what I'm saying? And I, I, I really believe, bro, like I'm learning more and more and more. It's about like just reps, just like anything else. Mm-hmm. You can go to the gym every day, you know, uh, Repetition, repetition, and, and, and you can work out really, really intensely that one time. It's like you're gonna feel it, but yeah. nothing happens unless you keep going. Yeah. It's not how intense you work at something; it's how long you work at something. And you know, y'all know the, the story about the, the, the Chinese bamboo tree. Mm-hmm. No. Um, uh, this this story about the Chinese bamboo tree. It, it takes, I think, seven years. For it to grow So You have to water it For seven years You plant this seed You water this seed For seven years In the same spot Every day Every day And You know This, this inspirational speaker he, he told the story of like People walk by And they see you watering the ground That's how they perceive it You watering nothing But you Know that you planted a seed here and it takes seven years for this seed to sprout. But once it sprouts, it takes seven weeks for it to grow to like 100 feet. Right? So the question is like, did it take seven weeks for it to grow or seven years for it to grow? Mm. 
right? It's like exponential growth once it escapes the ground. And I think that's what I'm trying to build, something with a really deep foundation. Like, that's what I've done for myself. We've been in this business for 10 years, and now we're about to start expanding. You know what I mean? Uh, it took a lot of learning. You know what I mean? So for you, it's like, it might take 10 months. Mm-hmm. It might take 10 years. That's me saying, I don't know. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's also me saying, I don't have all the answers, but I have the people that got all the answers. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I'm willing to fight with you, but uh, yeah, man, this, this shit takes time, bro. And, and I forget where I was going here, but you know, I, I think that story is a powerful story. It's a metaphor for, for, for everything. And the mentors that sometimes we uh, look at, like that's going to be our source to put us on, or blah, 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 blah. I feel like we really got everything we need. You know what I mean? Uh, and it's, it's going to happen. I, I feel you, like, if you keep putting it out, like, it's going to catch, you know? Uh, and then you guys got to figure out, like, how you can make a career out of it, extract that bread, you know, mm. take care of the family, so on and so forth. But it's repetition. You know, and I feel like it's a masterful balance to show and prove, you know? Because uh, me and Spank, we talk about this all the time. Like, you, you can show somebody, like, even when you're doing real estate, real estate, for example, you show somebody a deal for 100000 like this. And that maybe that's to motivate, you know, your your mentee, like, hey, man, look at what I did. But then it's like, dang, is that really motivation? Like, dang, nah, you just, like, you could change, yeah. you know what I'm saying? You could change my life with that 10 bands, dog. If you gave yeah. me 10, I could really move and shake. Like, dog, you made that off one bit. Yeah. And it really kind of changed your perspective. Like, dang, man, I'm in the trench. And you telling me, like, bro, you going to eat. And then it's just like, dang, bro, I'm hungry right now. You just showed me that. And I yeah, think. I don't think that's. But it's but it's also I feel like it is motivation. It's just how you look at it. But that's what I'm that's time, what I'm saying. I, not, I said that's it, what I said. It's, it's it an depends, art to it. Though. It's it, an art to it, yeah. bro. It's an art. It's a masterful balance to showing and improving. It's an yeah. art to it, bro. Because you could show it to somebody who really like about that longevity, about that grind. Because you could show me anything, I'm gonna go get it, bro. Because I'm you know that that's just who I am. You could show me anything, I'm like, bro, I'm gonna have two of those. He got one, I'm going to have two of them. Right. You know, he got one. He got two houses, I'm going to have four. That's just how I am. And it's like, you ain't got, I'm going to do that. But then somebody else you can show, and he's just like, dang, you know what I'm saying? He don't, have, it's about drive, bro. You got to have that drive, man. Yeah. Got to have that drive, bro. You yeah. can't teach drive, bro. You can't teach drive. You either got it or you don't. I wonder when did you, like, become a businessman? Because, uh, I don't know, just being in here, it's like, it's like business. <laughs> like, for real, like, when did yeah, it you is. become a, like a, because I know some barbers, most barbers start off as hustlers. Like, yeah, it's yeah. like a hustle. Yeah. Yeah. When did you become like a businessman with the art? Uh, that's a good question, man. I'm, I'm trying to think. Like, I think, I think when I started to stop being a little bit lazy, you know what I mean? I think the hustle of it is like just passion. Mm-hmm. You love it. You, you, you like having time. You like kicking with your homies. But I think, for me, I was being a little bit lazy. What I mean by lazy is like I would, we all know people that just naturally are athletes or naturally talented at whatever. Mm-hmm. And they ain't really got to practice. Mm-hmm. I think for me, that's how cutting hair was. So I would take advantage of like being creative. You know what I'm saying? Y'all might be like naturally creative. You know, and I think when you're writing a business plan, really a business plan is like a set of questions. If you answer every single question, you have a business plan. You know what I mean? 
And I think for me, I remember writing my second business plan, and I just knew the answers just based on experience. Because I wrote my second business plan when I was 10 years in the game. I worked at several barbershops. I was cutting hair in my garage. So I knew the answers, and I didn't do the research. You feel what I'm saying? Phil, definitely what you said. I was just like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, what's my mission? My mission is this. What's the vision? The vision is this. You know, what, uh, what market are you going after? Blah, blah, blah. Like, I wasn't really. So you constantly, was you constantly, like, changing your business plan? A little bit. Uh-huh. It wasn't focused, but it was more like me coming to the realization that, like, when I'm doing suicides, I'm, I'm not touching the line all the way. Mm-hmm. And it's like I'm, I'm still, like, a better athlete than my teammates, but I know I'm cheating mm. myself. Mm. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah, I feel exactly what So I think, like, at a certain point, I'm like, man, I, I, I got into, like, some, a couple programs, like, Little Goldman Sachs, ten thousand small businesses type stuff. I start trying to like go to banks and get loans, mm-hmm. and at that point you can't play business. You can't play. Mm. Why not? Because you, 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 you can't because you, you can't play boxing. You can't mm. play spirituality. You can't play business like that stuff. You shouldn't play with. You get knocked out. You play boxing. You got to really yeah. know how to fight. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I think in business, you get to a certain point where you're trying to really be a businessman, and there's nothing to play with. It's not. I can give you the money, Mm-mm. unless you got a rich uncle that's just like you know trying to support you, and I ain't had that. You know what I mean? So it's like I'm going to strangers asking for money to support my vision, and they need certain answers that I can't just guess. Like this is real data. So I think I became a businessman when I started to understand like how to do research on the industry that I'm in, and really wanted to master this industry, and I think getting the loans and the tenant improvement allowances to like build this space out, like putting the capital together to create this experience, you know, that I had in my head mm-hmm. um, to get that vision out. It took real skill. Like Royce is a supreme athlete. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, and, and everybody else that's an expert at their craft, like they're real expert. They put in real time. They're not playing. And so here I am with this opportunity, kind of playing with it because I'm good. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? But it's like, I want to be excellent. I want to be a real expert. And I think when I, like, uh, embraced that and wasn't scared of the work that it took to do it, I did it. And then it starts to get easier and easier and easier mm-hmm. yeah. um, to apply it to, like, what you're trying to do. And then you start to see exponential growth. And so now I'm going through that process again, which is like, okay, all the experts that's doing what I'm trying to do, they don't cut anymore. So I know how it might look to the industry. I know how it might look to Cam. I know how it might look to, like, my, my team of barbers that, that cut with me. But you have to go. I got to go away for a second to learn this new skill to become an expert at growing the shops. And so now I'm becoming a resource where I'm building an infrastructure that, you know, gives that business plan that I did all this work on over 10 years, mm-hmm. I can give that to every barber. You know what I'm saying? That's the operations manual. That's, you know, that's, that's, the, that's the OS. That's the iOS for, like, the barbershop. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think probably about, to answer the question uh, uh, efficiently, I think six years ago or so, seven years ago is when I realized, like, I need to be a businessman and do this the right way because there's too much at stake. It's not one national 
black-owned barbershop chain in the country. Mm. Not one. Not one. You got Supercuts, you got Sport Clips, you got Bowricks, you got yeah, all this stuff. Yeah. They can't cut our hair. And we, I ain't never been in one. Right. And I won't go in one. Because they, yeah. can't, they can't cut us. So it's right. like, how can we create an experience that has national scale, that empowers people like Cam, that empowers people like myself, you know, uh, that have the skill set to do it, but might not have the resources to do it. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's crazy that you did do your research because once you research, you see. Oh, this is what I was missing. Yeah. So, because me, I'm working on becoming a better businessman, and I realized to me it was credit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I've been going through all these loopholes trying to find a way to get more wholesale deals and this. I'm like, bro, the answer's right in front of me. If I, I just did my research a little bit, yeah. man, if I just learned how to use the bank to leverage, well, use my credit, then use the banks to leverage my my uh my finances. You know, it's over. I, it's over. You know, what yeah. I'm saying so. Like that's crazy because research is. And it probably takes six months. Like once you really put your head down, oh, and I'm trying to quit. But it's the to me, I'm going through it right now. It's one of the funnest six months because you yeah. constantly learning. Once you learn yeah. the game, I feel like you can't go back broke. Yeah, yeah period. That's that's a fact. You can't go back broke once you learn that business game. I, to me, I feel like you could go, you can go bank, bankrupt and know how to get it right back. <laughs> right, right, right. That's why I like. <laughs> you might be going bankrupt on purpose. Yeah, that's why I like Trump a little bit. <laughs> I'm just saying, dude, call business man. And the, I mean, I know it's messed up to say that, but man, we all people. <laughs> We all got flaws, whatever. Yeah. But when it comes to business, I got to research. Dog, know what the hell you doing? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I wanted to ask you before you know we dip out, man. I wanted to ask you, uh, what do you think is what stops the young people from honing their craft? You know what I'm saying? Being in high school, I know a lot of other ethnicities. They kind of know what they want to do by 13. They they kind of know what lane they want to go to, and then you know they uncle, they rich uncle, or yeah. somebody they might help them go down their path. You want to go into banking? You want to go into this? Do you think it's that chase for money that stops you? Because I know when I was in high school, it was the chase for money. It's like I can't really think about a skill because I'm trying to really think about how I'm about to get some money. I was working two jobs when I was in my senior year, so it was just like it was a chase for money. Uh, good question. I feel like hmm, that's a good question. I feel like people my age now they don't really try to ask for help. You know, I really feel like it's how the community portrays you know young people by being all up in the you know the drugs to trying to get money the bad way, and that everybody thinks like, oh yeah, that's the way I got to do it. But when you really look at it, everybody needs help. Like if you really want to do something, everybody mm-hmm. needs help. Like look at Dr. Dre for example. He needed help to be where he at, to be where he at now. He actually got help from a white guy to get mm-hmm. him to where he mm-hmm. at now. With everybody, no matter what you want to do, you're gonna need help. So I feel like they don't know how to put their like say if they got a skill set, right? Like football was. They don't know how to put their skill set in front of the right set of eyes to get somewhere. And I feel like if you if that's what you want to do for football wise, you got to go to all types of seven on sevens. You got to go to camps. You got to mm. you know you got to get in touch with a lot of college coaches yeah. to be where you want to be. And it's like what you were saying, like when you put your mind to it, you could really be anything that you want to be. Sure you ain't gotta you ain't gotta listen to other people that tell you well you have to be this, you have to be that. And you don't gotta like the friends that you with that's pushing you to do. Oh yeah, hey bro, you finna be our driver real quick. Hey bro, we finna. Don't need, don't need to mess with that. Don't need to leave that. Just leave that mm-hmm. alone. Like, hey, bro, this on you. I, I, I'm trying to get somewhere. If y'all want to do all the be in the streets and stuff, that's cool. But like, you got to learn how to get yourself out of a situation that you know that you can't be in. If this go hurt yourself in the future, I feel like. When did you? When did you was like it's cool to be me? When did uh, you feel like that? Because I feel like around that age, you know, 16, we follow a lot. Mm-hmm. When, you know, when did you be like, man, I'm cool. It's cool being what I do. It's cool to cut hair. 
It's cool to play football. It's cool not to be in the street. Like, when did you realize that? Uh, it actually took me a minute, but I had to realize, like, like, when you really, like, when you think about it, people that you see in the street, you really only going to see one that, that moment in your life. Unless you actually, you know, go to school with them. Other than that, like, if I was to see somebody walk past right now, I'm never going to see them again. So I, that's why I really was like, all right, they don't, I don't care how I portray myself for them to, you know, fit in with other people. So I'm trying to stand out. Because the people that somebody, that, say somebody did pass where I'm portraying myself the right way, I'm going to see them again. They're like, oh, yeah, he, I want to do what he doing. Like, you know, I'm trying to be where he at. Now, when you're doing something bad, you know, you fit into the crowd, they're going to be like, oh, just another one of them. You know? Mm. So I feel like when I, me stepping out, you know, from the other people, because before I did used to, you know, act like I was a gangbanger, you know, things like that, thinking like, oh, yeah, I run these streets like ain't nobody. Like, I thought I was the baddest. Like, Yeah, we all did at one point. Really think yeah. about it, like, I'm really not. Like, yeah. you know, <laughs> shit gets scary, Ryan. Yeah. I think now... Like, it's a lot of kids, a lot of young black men in general dying young. So that's why I was yeah. always away from, like, even rappers. Like, lately, I don't really listen to rap no more. For real. Like, I really don't. All it is is talking about killing one that's another. That's all it is. Every time you look up somebody dead, it be like, man. Really and it's crazy on. that you say that because I never thought about it like that. You really can't stand out in the hood doing what everybody else you doing. Like, everybody doing it. Yeah, and then once you do, it's corny. You really stand right. out. That's, that's like uh, but what thing. you doing? That's it. Corny as hell. You know what I'm saying? Like, you you know got you to stop thinking like that. Like, like when you about to do something big, like, I'm like, I mean, I'm about to feed my community. People be like, you. that's what you about to do? Like, you see, like, you not finna ride with us or nothing? No. You got to. If somebody else think that that's corny, then don't let them in on your success. You know what mm-hmm. I'm talking about? If they if they wasn't there, like what I say, if they wasn't there through the struggle, they can't be there through the success. You know what mm-hmm. I'm talking about? So if they ain't help you pitch in, you know, ain't give you a helping hand, then don't let then don't feed them. You know what I'm talking about? Let let them make their own money, and they end up somewhere that they don't want to be at. That's on them. You know, I just feel like like you can't be a follower. Mm-hmm. You know? like you always take your own way. Cause the always go was make your school go get you money. Yeah, it's a price to pay with that, you know. And I just feel like that's the biggest lesson people got to learn. It's a price to pay with being an individual. You know what I'm saying? In the hood, you got your own mindset. It's a price to pay. You know what I'm saying? You might not be the coolest dude at this point in time. At this point in time, but man, it all come together in the end, man. But uh, man, I appreciate y'all for coming on the show oh, with yeah. us, man. Sure. For real, for real. This is a super powerful episode, man. I feel like we finally cracked that OG code, man. <laughs> we got some real straightening on that, man. I appreciate y'all for tuning into this episode of Break the Machine. Definitely tune in next week for another episode of Breaking the Machine. Hey, man, this is Social Club Detroit, man. We got Sebastian Jackson, man. We got Killer Cam. We got Cameron Tucker on with us, man. And it's Breaking the Machine. You dig? You dig. We out.